Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook, and I think I just said podcast. I, w- I was going to ask, did you just say podcast? I just, like, I'm eating a chocolate orange right now, mm. and I just kind of have that, you know, feeling in my mouth. Like I should just be drinking a gallon of milk right now or something. Yeah, well, maybe you should. Instead of water. Well, that would be a definite interesting thing to do a gallon challenge here on the air. Oh, that would um, be before, entertaining. Yeah, before I throw up from that, let's go ahead and say thanks to our sponsors who are somehow still with us. Uh, everyone over at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, open book audio, I think, um, stitcher.com, radio KSCR, and Geek Factor Radio. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, so, guys. We, um. We got an interesting show lined up for you, and I want to start it with a massive disclaimer. Hold on. Before we jump in, do we have feedback? I don't have feedback. Do you have feedback? I don't have feedback. Listeners, why didn't you send us feedback? Why have you abandoned us? Why have you forsaken us? Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Send it to us. We'll talk about you on the air. Or help kill a good 15 minutes so we don't have to talk about who we're about to talk about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Trigger warning time. We're not a political show, um, and I know, Ruff, you pointed out that we seem to talk politics a lot, kind of, yes, we've already covered why, but we're not a political show, and I don't want us to become a political show. That being said, a certain someone has been making major tech headlines this week, and we need to report on them because they're important. That being said, which I think I already said, I do not want to turn this into another Sony or BlackBerry or... I, I don't want to spend the next four years reporting on this every week. Can we make that promise right now? You know, I think that if it shapes up that we end up having to report on this crap for the next four years, we'll start ignoring some of these headlines because, honestly, I I really hate these headlines. I don't want to talk about this, but like you said, it's big deal in the in not just not just the political world, but in the tech world. It's a huge one in the tech world, and we're a tech show. Um, so here's our promise to you, listener. We're not throwing these headlines in here just to be frivolous or petty, because honestly, it drains us. Um, so we are from here on out, we're only going to report on these when it's actually really imperative that we do. Deal? That works. Okay. So, of course, we're talking about our Agent Orange Trump. Now, remember, he's president now, so we got to be careful what we say or else we're going to have I liked Obama. Service. I liked Obama, and I said kill the president on the air no less than 15 times. 16 now. So, you know what? <laughs> no love lost here. Uh, again, <laughs> not a political show. We're not going to go into why I don't like him, but we are going to talk about some of the stuff he signed this week, his first week as president. And it seems to, with a couple exceptions, uh, mainly be focusing on tech to a scary degree. The f- yeah? The, the first one is he just um, signed an order um, that kind of bypasses the S.H.I.E.L.D. Data Act, the Data S.H.I.E.L.D. Agreement. Uh, it The Data S.H.I.E.L.D. Agreement replaced the old Safe Harbor Agreement, Going back a bit, and we've talked about this a bit on the show here, a lot of European countries have much, much stricter privacy rules in place than the U.S. does. Uh, Germany comes to mind. And the Safe Harbor Agreement and then the Data Shield Agreement 
was an agreement between the U.S. and the EU that even if they were using a U.S.-based service, the U.S.-based company would hold themselves to the stricter EU standards on privacy. Okay, that means that if someone in Germany was searching for something on Google, Google would adhere to Germany's privacy standards and not gather information the way they normally would a U.S. citizen because they were adhering to the foreign you know, the foreign privacy standards. This was very, very important for business. Um, without going into detail, saying specifically that they are, that, that Trump is negating all that, he instead passed a new act, um, which has a special section 14 that reads, Privacy Act agencies shall, to the extent consistent with applicable law, ensure that their privacy policies exclude persons who are not United States citizens or lawful permanent residents from the protections of the Privacy Act regarding personally identifiable information. This basically means that if you are not a legal resident of the U.S. or a foreign resident but U.S. citizen, your privacy is no longer insured and that U.S. companies should not ensure that privacy. Yeah, now we should point out that this is aimed at enhancing domestic immigration laws, but it effectively invalidates America as part of the Data Shield Agreement. <laughs> yeah. Now, if this was, you know, 20 years ago, you'd say, well, so what? You know, American companies should only really take care of American people's privacy, you know, let them have their own. But this isn't 20 years ago. We're an Internet based world. And our biggest industry in the U.S., despite what coal miners will tell you and steel workers and anyone else, is technology. You know, the largest software and technology companies in the world are all American. Microsoft, Google, Apple, I'll throw Yahoo in there, but you know it's not the case. But they've always been that way. What about BlackBerry? They're Canadian. Well, yeah, they don't make <laughs> tech anymore. They make excuses now. They do. Almost solely. Oh. Oh, snap. Where's my rim shot? <laughs> Get it? Um, Sorry, I just completely derailed myself with dad jokes. So if you want Microsoft or Google or Apple to remain the largest in the world you need to be able to play by the world's rules, right? You can't just have an American company go into a foreign territory and say, oh, sorry, no, no, we're going to make you do this our way. You wouldn't expect another company to come into the U.S. and do that. By doing this, okay, you're making immigration law stricter, but you're also handicapping American tech companies, yeah, that's, in a massive way. That's going to make it really hard for them to do business over there. You know, you look at Google and all of the data that they collect on everybody. Facebook, same thing. If there's not those assurances of privacy, who's to say that they're not just going to be blocked from doing business over in, in those countries? My cat is attacking the microphone. I heard, I heard him purr. Yeah, he, he likes the pop filter I have here. So remember, I want to say it was a year and a half ago, Microsoft had a data center in Ireland. And using Prism, the NSA was wanting and the FBI were trying to get data from that data center 
saying that, no, no, it's pertinent to national security. We need it. And Microsoft saying flat out, you can't have it. It's not yours. It's not on U.S. citizens. And it's not on U.S. soil. But them saying, ah, but you're a U.S. company. You have to comply. Mm-hmm. This act, the Privacy Act, would basically say you have to comply anyway by law now. There's an actual law in place because none of the information you're storing is of American citizens. Now, I'm seeing something here. Uh, People are under the impression that the EU doesn't let private data be held in the U.S. anyway because of the NSA. Have you heard anything about that? Do you know if that's accurate? Um, I don't know if that ever actually came to pass. There was a lot of talk about that. I don't know if it ever actually got enacted. But the point, again, is this wouldn't be personal data held in the U.S. This is personal data held outside the U.S. Yes. by U.S. companies. Yes. Amazon.uk? Yeah, this Amazon. is going to be interesting. DE, you know, Google.fr. That's funny because usually it's Google.fu over there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, you're going to hurt us more than not with this act, Mr. President. Um, so, yay. Now, at least I, I say this as if it's any kind of consolation. When I first read this article and, and this headline and I tried to make sense of it, I was suddenly worried for my father. See, my father's not a citizen. He's a resident alien. He's a legal resident of the U.S., but he's not a citizen. And the way this headline is written and the way the article originally states it, it's simply saying non-citizens. But it is people who are lawful permanent residents of the U.S. So there's that, I guess. Well, I, I'm doing some additional research here as we're as we're talking about this. I just came across something. Somebody points out the words business or company do not appear anywhere in the order. And the Privacy Act already excludes everyone except citizens and legal permanent residents. Um, goes on to say the agencies as defined at the top of the order is referring to the agencies in the executive branch of the government. So the paragraph that you talked about, the Section 14 paragraph, is just telling those agencies to make sure their individual privacy policies aren't offering Privacy Act protections to people who aren't covered by it. So, I don't know. Is this is this article even accurate based on that information? I believe so still. Um, now, of course, we'll have to wait to see how this shakes out. Um, it could be deemed that this won't actually become enacted. And that's what's really frustrating about all this, is that he can sign every order that comes across his desk, it's actually enforcing those orders or enacting them that is where things count. Yeah. So my gut tells me, though, that this still applies and it's still a big problem. I guess we'll have to keep our eyes on it and see what happens. But, yeah, it, it I don't know. It may just be anti-Trump clickbait. Who knows? But, well, um, we got some more. Yeah. Oh. This stuff, unfortunately, isn't just clickbait, which is really infuriating. So, um, a long time ago, in ancient times, there was a woman named Hillary Clinton. And she used what people referred to as a private cell phone. And private 
if you will, email server to try and get her own email and use her own BlackBerry because she found it more convenient. And she was crucified for it. Now, there's still some congressional people... hearings looking into some of her antics. Right, right. Well, this week, as President Trump took over the White House, uh, many things switched over. Whitehouse.gov got completely switched up, and oh boy, did it. But um, most interestingly, and this is a new thing, he took over the at POTUS Twitter, Twitter account. I say new because President Obama was the first president to have a Twitter account. And well, so Twitter this is... wasn't really a thing before that. Right, right. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, this isn't props to Obama. It simply is what it is. It was a new thing. So this is the first presidential handoff we've ever had over a Twitter account. Yes. Um, it's just really kind of interesting. Well, so someone... Someone tried to hack the Twitter account. And when I say hack, I mean that in the loosest terms. They tried to log in as the at POTUS Twitter handle and hit reset password. Well, when you do that, you can see parts of the email address that is registered to the account. And in this case, the president of the United States Twitter account, the highest Twitter account in the land, if you will, is being protected by a Gmail address for Dan Scavino, his social media chief. <laughs> There's awesome. so much wrong with that, I want to scream. Yeah. That. I would expect a little bit more security there. I would think, but I don't know. It is Twitter. You got to have an email address. Yeah, if only the president had some kind of email address. Hmm. Yeah. The I guess the email associated with Vice President Mike Pence was easy to guess once you saw the redacted version, which is also a Gmail account. Vice President 2017 at gmail.com. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it looks, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sean Spicer also has it. The, the press secretary, um, him and, oh no, that wasn't he. Was it him that had the alternative facts? Yeah. Um, well, uh, Kellyanne Conway said that he gave alternative facts. Yeah. So, I mean, they could have two-factor authentication set up. And well, and, and, and they did get updated as of, oh, geez, as today. Of today, yeah, the 26th Just of January. Just a few hours ago. So they have changed to what appears to be a White House address. But still, I mean, I understand you've got some transitioning going on. But isn't that what the time between November and the inauguration is for? Is to transition and get your... I don't know, email account set up? <laughs> well, it gets worse because, as it turns out, um, the day of inauguration, a picture was taken of President Trump handing over his personal phone and getting a secured BlackBerry, right? And everyone's like, oh, well, at least there's that. It turns out, and this is according to reports from within his inner circle, he actually has not given up his phone. 
So he's still using a, a quote, old unsecured Android phone. Most likely it's a, it's a Samsung uh, from what we've been led to believe. Yeah, from previous pictures taken of him tweeting, it's a Samsung Galaxy, one of the galaxies. Yeah. Not even the newest one, which, dude, come on, I'm not even the president and I have the newest one. Now, we should mention that... He should really have the newest one. He, he should. The guy's got enough money. Go go upgrade, man. The S7 is a great phone, President. But, I mean, Samsung's Knox software has been approved for use by the Department of Defense. However, it's not qualified to be used for unclassified... or It's, it's for um, sensitive but unclassified use. So you can't have top secret information going through. You can't have email pulling up that's marked top secret or even secret. I mean, and or president level eyes only type stuff that Knox won't do that. This is a problem. This is a massive problem. Um, What's even worse is the fact that and we're not trying to make mountains out of molehills here, but the report goes on to state that. He doesn't read. So when he wants to unwind, he does what a lot of us do. And I'm not even faulting the guy for this. At the end of the day, he lays in bed, he watches the news, and he tweets. He tweets on an unsecured phone on a barely secured Twitter account that used to be linked to probably an unsecured Gmail address. Which blows my ever-loving mind now again a couple hours ago a couple hours ago the email address changed so i get that that's not entirely accurate anymore but that means that up until a few hours ago i had more security in my life than the president of the u.s well and it's especially infuriating because i mean at a at a debate presidential debate he flat out said he was going to throw Hillary in jail because of her her antics with her her email and her flippant attitude towards security and classified information. And now here he is doing the exact same crap. And a lot of people are out there saying, oh, well, it's your guy, so it's OK. Well, first of all, he's not my guy. I didn't vote for him. But this stuff pissed me off when Hillary did it. It pisses me off when he's doing it. Yeah, it's never a good idea to do it, no matter what. Well, things get a lot worse. Um, See, remember when Hillary had that little email server and everyone just said it was the worst thing in the world and it's absolute proof that she's a horrible person and a crook and a baby killer and, and whatever. And don't forget Benghazi and... Okay. That rhetoric aside... um. Trump's entire senior staff are all using private email accounts. Private email servers, not just accounts. They've got private email servers. Yes and no. See, Hillary's was in her bathroom. Theirs is in part of the RNC's email system. Now, there's nothing that says it's outright illegal to use those. In fact, most politicians have multiple email addresses, one for their title and one within their party. Now, the rule is um, that party stuff they can use their party email address for and actual state stuff, actual you know national security stuff they use their White House one. Makes sense, right? Well, the senior staff is 
obligated, they are bound by law, that anything that they send through the party email system has to be copied into the White House system. So there's transparency in the government so they can actually track things, right, to make sure that Joe Schmo didn't accidentally leak classified secrets to his politician buddy using the wrong email system. So far, none of that forwarding has been set up. couple footnotes here. This is the same system Russia hacked. They hacked the DNC and the RNC at the same time. They didn't release anything from the RNC. We all know why. We won't get into it. But it has been compromised already. Footnote number two. This is the same system that the Bush administration quote-unquote, lost 22 million emails from during his presidency. Suddenly, they never got forwarded to the White House, and they magically disappeared from the RNC servers. How hard, is, echoes, it, how hard to, is it to set up a rule in Outlook? <laughs> uh, <laughs> to echo honor here, if it's bad for one candidate, it's bad for both. <laughs> Yes. And in both cases, it's bad for the country. Yeah, there's nothing good is going to come of this. And and people that think it's okay because it's their guy, y'all are, okay. are stupid and you need to pull your head out. It wasn't okay when Hillary did it. And it's, it, it's definitely not okay when you're doing it. No, no. And a lot of times people say, oh, well, it's not illegal. Well, in some cases it is, but even if it's not illegal, it doesn't make it right. So, Walking down the street twirling a gun on your finger isn't illegal either. It's just not a good idea. Yeah, generally not. I, I say no to that. Um, cause so, kind of funny thing here. As much as Trump is into Twitter, he really doesn't want anyone else to be. Um the the white house his administration has put a gag order on all federal agencies from using social media they don't want anyone in the federal government to say anything that sounds counter to trump um which hey 1984 anyone um but that aside sorry political commentary the gag order went out but not before someone in Badlands National Park started tweeting about global warming. And the, the tweets have since been deleted. And evidently, according to Badlands National Park, they were posted by someone who was not authorized to use the account in that manner. Now... We don't know if it was a former employee who still had the passwords or if it was a current employee who simply wasn't supposed to use it. It doesn't really matter. See, there's this little law that we've talked about here on this show in the past um, called the CFAA, which basically says that, and I'm this is in broad strokes here, I'm paraphrasing, if you access any system that you're not supposed to, you are a hacker. And hackers are bad. They are evil. Ha Hackers are super bad, and the punishment for hacking is way more than simply, you know, logging into something you shouldn't have. Yeah, you know, uh, a National Parks official, and this is from BuzzFeed, so take it for what it's worth, uh, but they quoted an official saying, quote, several tweets posted on the Badlands National Parks Twitter account today 
were posted by a former employee who was not currently authorized to use the park's account. The park was not told to remove the tweets, but chose to do so when they realized that their account had been compromised. There's a couple things there. First of all, not authorized. Not currently authorized to use the account. That's a big deal. That right there is a hacker. Makes it sound like they were previously authorized. Yes. And then throwing in the account had been compromised. They were hacked. They were hacked by a hacker. We had hacking going on. The elite hacks or skills. Now, yes. If I was to read between the lines, I could make a convincing argument that by their own words, this could have been someone who at the time was a was an employee who was authorized to use the account, was then fired in between that time, and at the time of them writing this was no longer authorized. Yes. Which would make sense that he's not a hacker then. But because they've worded it in this way... He's basically going to get the chair for hacking. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're trying to set up here uh, that this guy is a hacker, that this person's a hacker, and they're going to try, I think, try and bring him down. Now, interestingly, um, and I did not see this coming at all, and there's nothing so far that's verified to say any of these are in any way official, but because the gag order has come down from the administration. And because the administration has also flat out said, you don't get your facts from anywhere but the president, which is funny because, you know, he has all the best facts. There are new Twitter accounts for Alt-US Forest Service, Alt-FDA, Rogue NASA, Alt-HHS, Alt-EPA, and Alt-USDA. Basically, alternate accounts representing those agencies where they are uncensored and not managed by the actual federal agency itself. Yeah, we don't know if this is just if this is even employees who are doing it. There's just somebody there who's creating these rogue accounts and you know, I can't really blame them. They received in the gag order one of the bullet points says no social media will be going out. A digital strategist will be coming on board to oversee social media. Existing individually controlled social media accounts may become more centrally controlled. So Trump is really, well, the Trump administration is really trying to rein in social media. And people don't like to be controlled when they haven't been controlled before. Yeah, it's a funny thing about Americans. We really don't like that. Now, here's what's funny to me. So we kind I've of read fought a, lot, a war over it. A couple, actually. Yeah, a few. Um, yeah. So I've I've read sci-fi novels, many sci-fi novels, the best sci-fi novels. And many of them are dystopian futures or post-apocalyptic. And there's always that the resistance, right? There's always the people who fight the power, who are still trying to maintain the American way of life, even in the face of adversity, even against the capital, or even against, you know, 1984's Big Brother, or even against the president's name in Escape from New York. There's always someone. But in none of the books was it ever the FDA and the Forest Service. So I'm a little bit confused here as to how, <laughs> how it is that the USDA is fighting the power, man. Yeah. Kyle that's... Reese was not a member of the HHS, okay? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> this is This is ridiculous. 
This is what Trump has done. He's even taken away our dystopian fictions from us. I just... <laughs> I, I, I don't even have words for this stuff that's going on. Come with me if you want to live. Who are you? I'm from FEMA. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to put me in a camp. I know how you work. Yeah, this is... It would be comical if it wasn't actually happening. Yeah. This is like this is like some comedy, some bad comedy from the 80s that would have like a super big VHS box, you know, that you go rent at the video store. And you knew that it would be a bad movie because the box would be huge. And the bigger the box, the worse the movie. Indeed. Um, also interesting this week coming out of washington they have made all vpns illegal oh no wait that's communist china but here's the problem you wouldn't have under you wouldn't have immediately believed that i screwed that up you would have thought i was you would have believed me with everything else we've talked about the idea of trump banning vpns sounds quite believable so the great firewall of china right their content filter that blocks out anything that they don't want you to see as a citizen well, how do you get past a firewall? How do you get past a proxy? You open a VPN tunnel. Yep. Heck, even the Aussies do that, and that's just to watch Hulu. Well, somehow China never thought to make that illegal. They are now. This is why we can't have nice things. Government. Yeah. Politicians. Um, taking it all away. I want everyone to take note because this will be coming to the U.S. Maybe not this month, probably not this month, probably not this year. But at some point during this presidency, there will be a motion to enact laws that make VPN tunneling in some way restricted. You think because so many companies use VPNs. I use a VPN for my work. I'm I'm 100% sure of it. That you'll have to own a commercial license of some sort. You'll have you'll have to have like a nationally registered RSA key or you know, you'll have to have a license for it. And, and I'm betting that if that if you are true or if you are correct it's going to be done in the interest of national security. Oh, of course. Someone will exploit something. They want to stop terrorism. Yes, they they will. I, I can see this this shaking down. Like they will find some excuse to say that terrorists are using VPNs to communicate or whatever, which means. National security is at risk. We need to regulate the use of VPNs. I, I, I can see that shaking out that way. You just said weenie. Hee <laughs> hee. Okay, so let's go on to happy news. Malware. <laughs> Sorry, I should say happier news. Isn't, isn't it crazy that malware is like a bright spot in our show? It's like, yay. Oh, hmm. so um, Google has AdWords, right? It's their number one selling product. It's how they make all their money. Um, but it's really easy to embed links to bad sites within 
ads. Uh, in fact, many times when Chrome will kick up, you know, the red warning page, it's a site you've gone to all the time and suddenly you try and go there and Chrome is saying, hold on, there's malware on this site. You've been blocked, Yep. you know, or proceed at your own risk. A lot of times it's because of an ad that got put onto a banner, a rotating banner, and that particular ad takes you to a bad site. It's not because the site's been compromised. The owner of the site probably doesn't even know. Well, people try using Google AdWords for that, and in 20, what is this, 2015, 2016, sorry, I was going to load this up and I forgot. We were so distracted talking about all the happiness yeah, in 2016 alone, Google had to disable almost a million ads. And that they don't even think they got all of them. Oh, I'm sure they didn't. I'm sure they didn't. Now, some of these, um, it wasn't just straight up malware. A lot of them were also misleading. Um, fake news, in all honesty. People thought they were clicking on a news headline. They'd click on the link and they were taken to a dietary supplement. Um, yeah, I hate that. I hate that because it's like, you know, talk. Uh, there was one that I clicked on. It was talking about something that Ronda Rousey, the MMA fighter, uh, some su some supplement that she was taking with her workouts or something. I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting to me. I'll click on it. And it turned out to be an ad for some product that was there was nothing about Ronda Rousey in it. I was pissed. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah. This is also why we can't have nice things. Yeah. They they didn't just disable 900,000 ads, though. They also removed, or they, they disabled uh, 15,000 sites or demoted them in their search results for unwanted software. Uh, Google took action against a further 47,000 sites for weight loss scams, 6,000 sites, and 6,000 accounts were suspended in 2016 for selling counterfeit goods. I mean, we know there's a lot of sketchy stuff on the Internet, but wow, there's a lot of sketchy stuff on the Internet. And the thing that really baffles me here is that uh, at the heart of it, all these scumbags who run these sites and these scams and um, Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes, they're businessmen at heart, right? They're not – they're criminals, but they're not criminals. They're not, like, mugging you. Yeah. They are running a service – and making money from the service. And so long as the money that comes in, their profit, outweighs the risk or the penalty they get, they'll keep doing it. Which makes you think, it makes you realize how much money they must be getting if Google can go in and shut down, like on one of them, 80 million different backlinks, and it's still profitable to them. You know, that reminds me uh, back in the day when auto dialers were like way prevalent. I was talking with a guy who actually owned an auto dialer and he was using it to sell something. I don't remember what. And I, oh no, he, he sent out emails, spam emails. He also had an auto dialer, but he was sending out spam emails and he'd sent out like, I don't know, 50,000 emails a day or something. And it would cost him a ton of money to do it. But the return on it made it profitable. He said even if only half a dozen people click on the ads that I'm sending out, 
then I've made a profit for the day. And it's like, you're exactly right, Zook. There is still profit to be made. People are, people are stupid. <laughs> yeah. I... And especially when they're being, when they're being given something just completely shady, you know? We we talked a couple weeks ago about how a lot of middle school students can't tell the difference between fake news and a and real news. They can't tell the difference between an advertisement and legitimate news. I mean, it's they're taking advantage of this. Yeah, it's straight up bizarre. Yay. Um, in less bizarre but more flabbergasting news. Google Voice. Have you ever used Google Voice Honor? I actually use it for my voicemail. Yeah, I use it for everything. Google Voice is one of those things that was just utterly brilliant and completely unloved by Google. You could get your own phone number and make calls with it. You could get voicemails from it. Android came out and you could actually set it up so when you made calls or received calls, it was through your Google Voice and not your your actual carrier number, or you could set it up to switch off between the two. I use it now entirely. I get my voicemails through it, my text messages. But the problem was, is that the service hadn't been updated in maybe four or five years. Yeah, I, mean, I they think were it's still, been five years. They were still running like a Froyo look on the client. And the website itself had never been updated. It was insane how far behind it was. They actually revamped it out of nowhere. Did they, though? Because I keep hearing rumors that they have, but I have yet to see it. Well, I, I'm using the new client right now on my phone, and the website's completely overhauled. Yeah, I go to I go to Google Voice website, and it's, it's the same ugly well, that it's been for five years. The problem is, is that this is not the only update Google has made. They also overhauled YouTube this week. Um, they've overhauled... Oh, what? photos i believe and there's one other thing that i can't think of at the moment but it's all server side and it's by account so like the new photos i have not received yet but the new youtube and voice i have but youtube doesn't work half the time for me now which is awesome you got yeah good job there i must have been signed up for youtube beta without realizing it (laughs) maybe i don't know but yeah i i hate seeing these updates being reported on and then I don't see it for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's kind of like the the Android the updates. Update? Yeah. yeah, kind of like the Android updates. Very frustrating. I miss my Nexus right now. But I do have Samsung Pay, so your Nexus misses you too. It does. It does. So, did you did you sideload the APK? For your I didn't. Phone? I didn't. Hmm. Interesting. Oh wait, no, I did. I lied. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll maybe I'll sideload it. I'm looking at it here. I actually replaced my SMS client on my phone with it. With Google Voice? Yeah. Interesting. Because I'm I'm still using Textra. I've been using Textra a long time. I'm showing it to him now over the webcam, which is great for podcasts. Yes, that's that's so um, useful. 
yeah, my call log, my voicemails, and my SMS now are all on my client here. So it's it's actually useful again. Go fig. So let me ask you, since you use you obviously use your Google number as your main number on your cell phone, mm-hmm. do you pay anything for that? Nope. You you don't put any money into your account? Nope. I never pay a thing. Interesting. Of course, I also don't make international calls, so all calls within the U.S. are free. Okay. Cool, cool. Now, it's an interesting story here, people, and this is just a bit of my own backstory. Um, I originally started using Google Voice because if you use them for your voicemail, they record and transcribe your voicemail and save it for forever, and you can download it as an MP3. My ex-wife, during some of the worst times, would call, leave a voicemail, just absolutely screaming, basically sounding like a certain orange president, and then would say that, no, she never called, she never made that call, she never left a voicemail. And so it was very convenient for me to be able to download her greatest hits, burn a CD, and hand it to the judge. That's why I went with Google Voice. That makes sense. And I've, I've never moved away from it, so... It's quite convenient that way. Well, good. Look at all the stuff we're learning tonight. Indeed. Well, you know what else we learned this week? When you delete things from Dropbox, they don't actually delete. Yeah, I'm actually, I just pulled up my um, Dropbox account just now to see what zombie files I have. So... There were there's a weird bug that came up and people were noticing that old files they had deleted were some somehow reappearing like a lot of them. When trying to fix it, someone at Dropbox somehow managed to reflag a huge archive of quote unquote deleted items and even more stuff started reappearing. Uh, they, a spokesperson has said that typically, sorry, quote, typically we re- permanently remove files and folders from our servers within 60 days of a user deleting them. However, the deleted files and folders impacted by this bug had made it, me- sorry, metadata inconsistencies, end quote. Uh, so what they did is they tried to fix that metadata, but in the process managed to bring all that data back from the dead. A lot of it more than 60 days old. Uh, in fact, some of them uh, seven years old. Yeah, that's that's unnerving, especially if you have, I don't know, files that you don't want people to see, um, and they all of a sudden show up. Maybe you were single, and five years ago you were sending nude pics to all the ladies, and now you're married, and your wife logs into your Dropbox to check out a file that she needs, and wonders why there's all these naked pics of you with the ladies or that sounds oddly specific zoner everything going okay no there? everything's good everything's okay. good i just good good it just you know there this could be problematic it could be anyone it could be problematic could, that's all i'm saying it could be a podcaster you know it doesn't have to be it it, it could be it could but be. it's not uh, there's a great uh, shirt I saw the other day. It says, there's no such thing as the cloud. It's just someone else's computer. You know, though, that is so, so true. That That is so true. And I don't know why it's taken people this long to get on board with that. Yeah, I don't think people understand that. 
I really don't think that they get that. Remember, people, there's no such thing as the cloud. It's just someone else's computer. Yes. Um. Yeah. Let's move on, shall we? Uh, Yahoo. Remember that huge data breach? I think we talked about it last week. Um. Yeah. Tax honor was in effect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, evidently, it was so big that the SEC is now investigating it. Not because of the hack itself, but because Yahoo happens to be in the middle of an acquisition by Verizon. No, Verizon would buy Yahoo. Uh, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. I probably screwed that up. Yeah, you just flip-flopped it. That's okay. So Verizon... Verizon, yeah, because Yahoo can't buy anyone. Verizon wants to buy Yahoo for $4.8 billion. That's a lot of money of two major companies, so the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, is getting involved. Well, this hack is suddenly going through at a very inopportune time. See, if something like this were to happen and be made public, like it was, that would suddenly drop Yahoo's stock like it has. In doing so, that would unfairly and artificially decrease the price of Yahoo, allowing Verizon to come in and pay less for them. Is it unfair or artificial, though? It is if, say, for instance, the hack was artificial. So, like, if it was a fake hack? So, if, like, Verizon hacked. Uh, Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay, proceed. Yeah. So, um, for the time being, Yahoo is... um, They're working with the SEC, and they've agreed not to report any of their current financial earnings or worth until this all shakes out to keep from artificially changing their stock price until the investigation is done. That's like some James Bond-level villainy right there, if this is the case. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Yahoo's a mess, aren't they? They are. Now... As our glorious leader will tell you, however, everyone knows that Verizon didn't hack them. It was some 400-pound kid in the bedroom with a computer. Because it always is. That's how I'm going to refer to him for the next four years. (laughs) Uh, Just for clarification, I'm going to refer to him as glorious leader, not like a 400-pound kid in the bedroom. (laughs) Because that's just too wordy, let's be honest. Oh, man, we've had a lot of politic and, like, financial and crap that... Uh, do you see how drained I am from it? I started this episode with way more energy than I have right you now. You know, I, it's just sucking the life out of me. So let's talk something, like, just more, like, normal, run-of-the-mill tech news. Let's talk about Mac sales being on the decline. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, they're down 10%. It's their first year-over-year decline since 2001. However, now, initially, my first thought is, but PC sales have been struggling for the last few years as well, so is this just spillover into the Mac population? Well, they'd have you believe that. They would, but then Lenovo and Dell, among others, have increased their share. Right. The overall PC market has decreased by 5.7%, but Apple has decreased by 10%. What does this mean? Well, it means that somewhere along the way, 
other PC manufacturers are making up the shortfall and actually excelling. So, if anything, you could almost you could almost make the case this isn't accurate. Rough, don't get mad at me. But you could say, well, if Apple's tanking ten percent and the entire industry's tanking five point seven, Apple is single handedly destroying the industry. Apple's bringing That's- us down. It's not true. Numbers-wise, just quantity-wise, it doesn't work out. I think, but the it, same I think joke, it is. Let's run with it. Alternative facts. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> alternative numbers. This is actually a nine. Um, we said the same thing about smartwatches, though, remember? <laughs> when the entire market dropped by like 20% and Apple single-handedly dropped 50%? Yeah. Now, it's no wonder why Macs aren't selling right now. Today at work, someone came in with their MacBook Air or Pro. I don't actually care. Um, and someone had taken adapters off of his desk. Granted, he only comes in once every two months. I don't know why he thought it was a good idea to leave adapters on his desk, but that's neither here nor there. He suddenly didn't have a VGA to Thunderbolt adapter. And he didn't have an Ethernet to Thunderbolt adapter. And he didn't have a USB adapter. He couldn't do anything. His laptop was essentially worthless. Well, it's like Colin a couple weeks ago. He couldn't record with us because he left his adapter at home. He didn't have any way to plug his microphone into his Mac. If only there was some way you could put some kind of universal port I know. On your laptop. Yeah, I think... I, I'm just running with it. Mac is bringing down the entire PC sales numbers. That's that's my alternative fact that I'm going to go with. Okay, we'll, we'll keep it for now. <laughs> is it an alternative facts honor, or is it an alternative Mac? Ooh. No, and an alternative Mac would be a Windows, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe a Linux box? My dad jokes are just lame tonight. And I, and that's saying something, because dad jokes are lame. Dad jokes are the best. Yeah, but we're both hate them. We're both dads, so... Mm-hmm. I get eye rolls from my kids more often than I can count. Let's go into exploding batteries, shall we? And we're not even talking about Samsung. Wow, that's amazing, considering that Samsung's batteries are like little bombs in your pocket. Um, HP has issued a recall of more than 100,000 laptop batteries. Now, this is not new. They've actually been doing this for a few years, but they are recalling even more now. Okay, well, that's not a problem. It's just HP, right? Well, except for HP also makes Compaq. So it's the Book ProBook, the Envy, the Presario, the Pavilion... It's all of them. And it's also if you bought your battery pack separately from your computer. Mm-hmm. So batteries are being recalled in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, mostly in the U.S. Uh, check your barcode. Check the article we have linked in the show notes. It'll tell you if it's going to kill you or not. Yes. So generally, you know, as we've learned from the Samsung Kaboom fiasco, uh, if you have a device that could potentially explode it's best to just get rid of it 
you know, and we give a lot of unfair crap to Samsung for this, but the truth be told is that HP's batteries have been exploding for a while. And before that, it was Sony. You remember when Sony batteries were doing that with their Vio laptops? And before that, it was Apple with the Newton. Apple built a laptop before, or PDA or whatever you call the Newton, and it would explode. Batteries do that. And on that note, Samsung has actually released their statement in a very long, apologetic, ritual suicide-filled press conference talking about why their batteries failed. And it is exactly as pretty much everyone said. Now, there's two reasons, but really they're the same reasons. The first battery supplier, they said, um, simply there was a fault they didn't allow enough tolerance. They didn't allow enough clearance. Uh, the specs were too demanding. The battery manufacturer tried to meet them, failed on a couple welds, and it caused the problem. Forced them to do a recall, so they went with a second battery manufacturer who didn't have time to sp- to spin up the correct process. They were lacking anode tape that kept the uh, poles separated, kept the plates from contacting, caused a bigger problem. They have released a new eight-point process they are going to use from here on forward on every single phone that will go ahead and do the entire safety check. And my ad blocker just kicked in, and evidently Android Central doesn't like that, so they blocked me. Let's see here. Okay, so they do a durability test, a visual inspection, an x-ray test, a full charge and discharge test, a TVOC test, which is total volatile organic compound, disassembling test, accelerated usage test where they basically make it work for a month's worth of time within the course of a week, which I don't even want to know how they do that. And the Delta charge test. Now, currently four of these are already done, but they're going to put these other four tests and they haven't specified which ones are which they don't, no one else does this. They are really, really trying to make this right. And when you find out that it's because they aren't killing the Note brand after all, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was kind of some pleasant news, I think, for a lot of people. Because people who use the Galaxy Note phones love their Galaxy Note phones. I'll be honest here, okay? Um, Samsung has banked enough goodwill with me with my S7 that when the Note 8 comes out, uh, I might get it. Well, you know, you think back. I've had a few different phones over the years, but I've said on this show repeatedly, my S3 was a perfect phone. The only reason I changed was to go to a, because I changed carriers and I went to a Nexus 5, which was a perfect phone. And now I'm back to Galaxy with the S7 and it's a dang near perfect phone. I mean, Samsung does good stuff. Now, interestingly, they are not going to announce their new phones at the Barcelona Mobile World, yeah, Normal World, wow. MWC. Thank you. (laughs) Mobile World Conference. And instead, it is speculated they'll be announcing the S8 around the end of March. This means that we should see a huge launch from LG during at Barcelona. This isn't in our headlines, but LG has just pulled their first total loss across the entire corporation, like ever. Normally, if one division fails, there's another division there to take up the slack. Nope. This year, 
the mobile division has failed so completely and lost so much money on the botched G5 launch, that modular phone that no one wants, that it has dragged the entire company so far down that the entire corporation has posted a loss. So they're basically the the mobile division of LG is basically the Mac of the of the PC world. <laughs> You're just going to flog that horse. It's more like the LG mobile division is like the HTC. Remember HTC never really fully recovered from their botched launches. No. Now it's only been a couple of years. It's possible they could still come back. I mean, they're they're not so far gone. They're like in BlackBerry territory here. But it, we saw how it killed HTC, a previous powerhouse. So they have a lot riding on the G6 launch, which we will probably get a lot of coverage on uh, the end of February. Now, we've talked about – this isn't in the headlines, so I'm going off the reservation. We've talked about the, the G5 uh, just being a complete – you know, lackluster phone. The V20, that had a lot of hype to it. And it's just kind uh, Schm- of... Schmitty has a V20, yeah. and he loves it. But you don't hear about it. They're not getting any press at all, which isn't helping their case. No, it's not. And it's like they fi- it's like they just got beat so bad with the G5, they figured, oh, well, we'll just hold off. No one's really interested in this V series phone. So we'll just wait till the G six. When in truth, the V 10 and V 20 were very ambitious phones that actually delivered very well. Yeah. They could have, they could have pushed it out a lot more. And maybe they should. So they should last headline sprint just bought 33% of uh title. You don't know what any of that means. No one cares. That now, title is Jay Z's music streaming service. We've talked about it here on this show. You remember the one that Madonna straddled a table to sign? Yeah. So I mean, they bought thirty three percent, and nobody really cares. It's like, congrats, Sprint. So good job, Jay Z. Sprint's trying to remain relevant. I guess that is exactly what this is. Into our favorites. Mine is a bad lip reading. Now, we've done these before with Carl Papa and uh, the Yoda song and all sorts of different ones. The NFL one was good. The presidential debates were good. This is of President Trump's glorious leader inauguration. Now, here's what's funny about this one is that I'm watching the lips. And I would totally believe everyone talked like this. I would totally believe that all this stuff was said. You have Obama and Trump cursing at each other under their breath, throwing insults. And I don't think they made up a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) They may not have. There isn't a music video coming from this one. I think this is, I think they were actually reading a transcript. (laughs) (laughs) Could be, could be. Uh, I think I mentioned it. It may have been on Generic Geek Podcast, or maybe I, I mentioned it here, shared the trailer as a favorite. I don't remember, but Justice League Dark, the animated movie uh, with Batman and John Constantine and, uh, I mean, all those Justice League Dark characters that we've come to know and love over the years. Uh, the video has come out this week, the home movie. Uh, I have yet to see it. However, I have I have picked it up and I will be watching it, uh, but it is out. I just wanted to make everyone aware if you have any interest in this whatsoever, uh, 
go check it out because I'm hearing good things about it. It it looks amazing. And DC may struggle with their live action stuff, but their animated movies are generally spot on. So that's my favorite for the week. Go check it out. Awesome. Well, that is our show this week. Let us know what you're thinking. We miss you. Uh, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call 801-917-GEEK, which is a Google Voice number. Uh, friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.